left, right, forward, down, A, B, C. <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Yeah, okay, you're nerds, you get it. Hey, hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome! And welcome. Welcome! Welcome to another episode of The Last Ones in Podcast. I am your host, Dry Archuleta, and with me today is Robbie. Hello. And E. Hello. And from the other side of Colorado, we have my sister, Sam. Hey. And today the movie we will be watching is August Rush, and Robbie is actually going to be presenting that. I am? God damn it, Robbie. (laughs) 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 Okay, so we're back after a trip to Walmart really quick. (laughs) Um, But before we get to that, I want to ask E. Hello. What's up? What's been going on in your life? I I got down and did my 2020 games stuff. So I finished the last of the main ones I was needing to finish. Good. So that was fun. And then I've been drawing and animating. Yeah, nice, you've been nice. working on a uh, music video. Yeah. And that seems awful. That's fine. Not awful, I guess. It seems very time consuming. It is, it's one of those things, though. Like, you just kind of get into a zone. So Fair. Uh, Not back to school yet. So no, not yet. Final yet. semester in college. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that seems yeah. exciting. You don't have to do school anymore. Then I have to go to the real life. That's way better than school, trust me. There's way <laughs> less essays in real life. <laughs> Depends on your career, I suppose. Ooh, that's true, yeah, actually. that is very yeah. true. Didn't you know I went to school for being an essayist? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything Which is why he on? makes video games to distract himself from doing essays yep. all the time. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else going on? Not too much, just mostly video games and drawing Cool, cool. Robbie. Yeah. What's up? What's up with you? So, uh, funny story about like the movie, because I did own it on DVD. I did actually go to the store and get a Blu-ray copy of it before I came here. Sweet. Partially so that way uh, you wouldn't have to deal with you complaining about the visual quality of another DVD again. <laughs> yeah. And also partially because like whenever I went to go put in the movie to test it out, it didn't want to play. And like I had to like clean it like three or four different times and put it back in to make sure that it actually worked on my PlayStation. Cool. So I was like, I'm just going to go buy another copy, and hopefully this one actually works. Yeah, that seems like the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, know, it might be fun spending two hours trying to get a movie. <laughs> come back. Uh, wouldn't play. So we're just going to talk about uh, the DVD player menu for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> it hit the corner exactly three times in two hours. <laughs> Other than that, another thing that I started diving into this week is uh, I'm doing my first custom water loop in my computer. And it's it's uh, come with some learning curves. Custom water loop. So yeah, for the so not tech savvy. Like, you know, when you go to like a water park and there's like those slides that actually have a loop-de-loop in them. Mm-hmm. It's one of those in your computer, actually. I'm going to look at Rob. Is that true? <laughs> it is very true. No, <laughs> Just watch June bugs go down the slide every yeah. single time. It's like it gets rid of all the dust, you know, because they're like all the dust bunnies are like, oh, I want to go on a water slide. And they... Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> also, it makes a little bit of residual money on the side because all the little June bugs that are going down the slide. <laughs> oh, no, uh, so. <laughs> so, you know how like um, I think like a year ago now, like I had that radiator that I said that failed in my computer. Yes, I do remember. That. Uh, it, it's like that, but like. It's all customized, I guess you can say. Instead of being like an all-in-one system, it's meant to, you know, help keep your PC colder for longer. And it's uh, technically supposed to, like, it's it, it just like, it's all around better, but it's more of a pain in the ass because you have to 
assemble the whole thing inside of your computer. And so I've had to right. do a couple of different custom things to my computer. Uh, if I get a noise complaint this week, I'm not going to be too ex- are too surprised. That much to your computer? Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you have a noise complaint complaint by building a computer? Uh, because the pump that I'm going to be putting in there to like help circulate the water uh-huh. between the radiator and the water block that goes on my CPU to cool it off. Um, there's no place to really mount it because like it's supposed to be like mounted inside like the wall of my computer. And like it even said on the side of the or for like the instructions of the pump that you're going to have to drill holes in your computer. I don't own a power drill, but I own a Dremel. <laughs> and so I use that Dremel to drill the holes inside of this <laughs> inside of the computer for that. And so like randomly at five o'clock in the morning, uh, my, I'm pretty sure well, at least one of my neighbors heard whenever it caught onto the side of the, yeah. Can you just imagine like going off to the room and be like, bang, bang, bang. yo, are you using a power drill at five in the morning? No, it's a Dremel. <laughs> oh, okay then. Oh, sorry. I yeah. thought it was a power drill. I hate power drills. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly enough, no one actually started knocking at my door, but yeah, that happened at five o'clock in the morning. Cool. Did you but, at least get it installed? No, my computer still in pieces are in my house right now. Jesus but, Christ. like, I also did, like, completely disassemble my computer so I can clean it. You're, you're just one of those people. I, I am. am. You're supposed to clean those. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's pretty much what I've been up to this week is, like I said, having a learning curve with that of, like, well, that didn't work. I got to try this now. I just, I don't, what, what's wrong with fans? You know? They're noisy and aren't as powerful in the newer computers. What's wrong with fans, you know? <laughs> I mean, technically nothing, but this is what I get for being an enthusiast for about being it. a pro gamer. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what about the hostess with the airiest computer? Well, I actually do have a story that happened in my life this last week. Literally last week after we got done recording the episode, which was on... um Whiplash. Whiplash, right. We mm-hmm. did watch that. Fuck, I already forgot. So yeah, we're going from one music uh, movie to another music movie. Ooh, spoilers. After we recorded the Whiplash episode, I uh, I had to, I had to take you home, E, because yes. your car wasn't here. And so I took you home, I got back, and I started taking all the podcast stuff down, kind of in a hurry, because uh, me, Rocky, Liz, Kimia, Sam, and Jeremy, who people might know from our live shows post-credits that we do every Saturday night, were going to play ARC that night. So I'm taking everything down in a hurry. And for people who haven't seen the pictures on our social media of our setup, it's pretty rinky-dink. <laughs> it's a real small, like, $12 table that we clamp everything to. And since it's so small and wobbly, I have to put weights on it to keep it balanced and keep it down on the ground without tipping over. Well, when I was taking everything apart, I just nudged the table in the right way, and one of those weights just rolled over oh, no. onto my foot. <laughs> and it's a 10-pound weight on my bare foot. And that just slammed right the fuck into it. <laughs> and that hurt like a son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm sure Liz just heard the fuck. Yeah, that's literally what she heard. Yes. <laughs> a giant thud in me yelling fuck. Like, Owie. <laughs> and then Trahaya just uh, messaged us in the group chat. And he was like, uh, yeah, I broke myself. And then <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. So. Yeah. Um. So like. We, our schedule was like, we're going to play at like 6.30, and I think I eventually got on at like 7.40. Um, had a nice, big, giant welt and bruise on my foot. Went to the doctor on Wednesday. Thankfully, it isn't super broken, 
but it might be a little broken. <laughs> but we won't be able to tell if it's a little broken until after it's healed, apparently, because the bones are so small on your foot. Then after it heals is usually when you're able to tell if it's like a small fracture. So I've not been to work in the last week. And uh, yeah, I have to go back on Wednesday to see if I'm allowed to work anymore. So that's huh, fun. Ever. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess also on a side story or something like that, speaking of something like that happening. Uh, there you dremeled one- your foot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, I'm still going back to work. <laughs> no, um, I remember one time, like whenever I was in Salt Lake City, um, they told me that like I had to, because I had a bad habit of like showing up to work five minutes late. What? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robbie thought- late? I would never think of it. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but they told me like I need to like start like, like they're gonna uh, start uh, enforcing me, like showing up on time. And I remember, like one, uh, like that's that first morning of them telling me to do that. Like, uh, there's these train tracks. Uh, whenever I was going to work, like it was literally right next to work. Like, um, I guess a good example is um, that little, I guess driveway that you have in front of your place. Like, if a little cul de sac, huh? A little yeah, cul de sac thing, and like a little cul de sac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if the rumor right now was the building that I was working at, that's where the railroad track is it was like literally right <laughs> next to the building uh there's a train that was just stopped on that first morning of me trying to get to work on time <laughs> and it was just stopped like right there and i was like i waited like i was gonna be early to work even until like that train was right there and i was thinking like i can't lose this job i can't be late so i need to get past this train it's not moving so like i rode my bike to work so i just like put my bike over my shoulder and I climbed onto the train to get through it. While I was on the train, like in like one of those little walkways, it started moving. Yeah, you're not supposed to get on a train. <laughs> so in my five, yeah, about 5.50 in the morning panic of me trying to uh, get to work, I jumped off the train. Like I literally, like I didn't like try to like climb off the little ladder. I literally jumped. With a bicycle in your, yeah, on, no, no, your shoulder. With my bicycle on my shoulder. <laughs> Turns out that your body tends to like go to the side a little bit whenever there's it, weight it, a weight it? counter yeah. balance. Yeah, and out. so I like all my weight landed on my right foot and I sprained the hell out of my ankle. <laughs> and I just didn't tell my supervisor why I was limping for like the next three weeks. <laughs> I would have been like, yo, you tried to make me get on here on time. I fucking broke my foot. <laughs> well, like, because I told him, like, well, every now and then, like, the way that I come to work, like, sometimes I catch the train. Like, it, sometimes it's just there and I can't do anything about it. And he's like, well, yeah, well, maybe you should take a different way to work is like was his solution. Cool. Great boss. Yeah. You know, th- it's a supervisor answer. But yeah, like, so that was my story of injuring myself and hiding it from my work colleagues. The day you almost became a train hobo. Yeah. I almost became a train <laughs> hobo. Like you, I, just could, you just froze. And the train just takes you to who knows where. Yeah. If I didn't panic jump, then yeah, I would have been a train hobo going God knows where. <laughs> you just like show up. Hey, do you know where Salt Lake City is? Just bicycle over your shoulder still. You haven't ridden it. <laughs> I mean, it, would have, it probably would have been a funnier story if I would have just like called my <laughs> supervisor or called my supervisor like, yeah, I need to take the day off today. While you just hear like a train going in the background. Try to get there earlier and like a few days late. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, that's the story how I almost became a train hobo and how I almost became one foot Robbie. I still just like, just like your thought process is like, I can't be late. I better just climb over a train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Sam, 
<laughs> What's been going on in your life? You jump on any trains lately? Life has been life. It's just ugh, work stuff, frustrating work stuff. And um, yeah, other than like, it's always just work and home and been playing video games and playing some VR games. And I uh, compiled my top albums of the year list of 2020 nice. last or a few weeks ago. Um, if you want to see that, you can go to my Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Plug it. I don't give a shout out to Sam's Instagram. <laughs> it is like a perpetual funeral at Instagram. Well, I don't even know if that's how it's- the address works. <laughs> so you can just search it. It's like underscore after every word. Um, yeah. Video games, uh, work, not work, and that's it. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I guess let's uh, start talking about this film, Robbie. Yeah. Wow. Take it away. So, the movie we're going to be watching today is August Rush. Um, I'm pretty sure Dry has seen this movie. Nope. Really? Yeah. I uh, I always watch the trailers and thought man, this looks like something that my grandma would like. So I never watched You're it. not wrong. <laughs> uh, this is one of those things, like I said earlier, it's a movie about music, and I'm kind of a sucker for those style of movies. Sure. Has E seen this movie? I have not. What? I know. Uh-huh. One of these weeks, I told you guys, I'm just going to surprise you. It's going to be a shocker. <laughs> yeah. And then I should guess I should ask, Sam, have you seen this movie? No, I have not. This baffles me. <laughs> I will say, what yeah. I- we're talking with Jiraiya. Jiraiya also was sure Sam saw this movie before. I was also certain Sam had seen it before. Yeah, like, this is one of those movies I was, like, positive everyone has seen it kind of thing. But I, I, I guess not. I don't I've ever seen this movie, but, like, maybe I have, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um. I guess in that sense, then, I guess I'll... T- Since Jiraiya's seen the trailers, I'm guessing he has a, at least an idea of what this movie is about. I think so. Okay. I, should I ask you anyways what you think this movie's about? Or should I start with... Sure. Think- it was a long time ago when I saw the trailer. Okay. So I might be mixing it up with a few other movies. It's a superhero movie by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Stars Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> time goes forward and backwards inside of dreams. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, this is about a homeless child who's really, really good at like guitar or trumpet. I think I'm mixing that up with another movie, though, the trumpet thing. I might so? also be mixing the homeless thing up with another movie, but I'm pretty sure the keep, kid's homeless. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, keep going, keep going. And he, like, gets lost, but also I think the kid might, like, have autism or something like that, but, like, he's really good at his trumpet or guitar, and so he gets adopted to go to music school? This almost sounds like The Wizard, but with music. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happens. I am loving this description. <laughs> I would say keep going. I, that's, all, that's all I got. That's okay. what I'm pretty sure happens in this movie. Okay. Uh, e. Hello. What do you think this movie is about? Okay, so I think the August part is literal. I think this takes place in August, one of the hottest months of the year. And it's actually a road trip movie, but the spit specifically still in the van they don't they don't go anywhere it's just them in the van 
<laughs> so a bunch of people dying from an August heat stroke inside of a van. Just awesome. dri- driving through the Nevada desert. Awesome. August. Awesome. <laughs> Listening to an old radio. I would watch that movie. Actually. I would actually watch that movie too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it leaves Sam. Sam, what do you think this movie's about? Okay. So I, I guess this is a music based movie, right? Yeah. So I think it's about a person named August and they really like Rush. And <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. And they're just trying to be the best. And like the best Rush fan too, as well. Their number one Rush fan. They just follow them around <laughs> on tour. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I I am digging these descriptions. I'll be honest with you. I still, it makes me feel like I need to pull up my dis- or bring up my description game a bit more. <laughs> I'm still uh, not certain that Dry didn't just describe the wizard. For a bit there. Me either. <laughs> I this don't know what s- the wizard is, but it does sound like another... It was like a super uh, big Nintendo advertisement. Basically, there was like an autistic kid that was good at video games. You know, huh. I oh, might yeah. have been describing the wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is, I think that's actually based off of a song. Maybe. The wizard? Yeah. The kid that goes to California to play Nintendo? Maybe. Or, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, this, the Who does a song uh, called Pinball Wizard. And uh, the chorus of that song is that deaf, dumb, blind kid sure doesn't play a mean Jeez. pinball. <laughs> okay, that's a bit messed up. Yeah, like that's that's what the chorus line of that song is. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to do some more research to be, be sure. But I guess with those out of the way, I guess I can read you guys the back of the box. Mm-hmm. The music is everywhere. All you have to do is listen. There is music in the wind and sky. Can you hear it? And there is hope. Can you feel it? A boy called August Rush can't. Wait. The music mystery draws him, <laughs> penniless and alone in New York City, in a quest to find, somehow, some way, the parents separated from him years earlier. And along the way, he may also find the musical genius hidden within, or within him. Experience the magic of the rhapsodic epic of the heart starring Freddie Highmore, Carrie Russell, Jonathan Reese Meyer, Terrence Howard, and Robin Williams. I believe in music the way that some people believe in fairy tales, August says. Open your heart and listen. You'll believe too. I got the orphan part right. So yeah, you trial was actually the closest. <laughs> the name part right. You could have given me fifty <laughs> attempts, and I don't think I ever would have actually told you the kid's name was August Rush. <laughs> also, I would have never guessed Robin Williams is in this movie either. What? Yeah, what? He actually he does a pretty good job in this movie, if you ask me. All okay. right. I'll look forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully this um, looks better than our last Robin Williams movie. <laughs> this is why I had to buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, you meant literally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this will make E a little bit happier. This movie's rated PG for some theatrical elements, mild violence and language, and it is 113 minutes long. Okay, yeah. That's... So it's just under two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I've been great if it's like rated PG for mild violence, some language... Uh, full penetration, so I don't know how they got past the censors. But it's just metaphorical. Mild, strong language. <laughs> cool. And one bloody fight scene. Where can we watch it? If, uh, oh, right. Um, we don't have a DVD of it. <laughs> so I was. There used to be places, at least here in America. There's not a whole lot of places to watch it. 
you guys just gonna have to like put a video camera up or a phone up and like facetime me so i can, so I can watch it <laughs> i was gonna say it's honestly just the usual suspects like uh i thought there might be a streaming services that is showing this movie but it's like i said apparently not as many people have heard of this movie as i thought <laughs> considering I thought at least one of you guys had seen it before. It's honestly just the usual suspects. It's YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, or Amazon Prime, all for $3.99 are the legal ways to watch it. There's no places that I've been able to find that stream it. <laughs> like, I did look, and I couldn't find anything, but... Yeah, you can still rent it, that's something. Yeah, you still yeah. can rent it, but it kind of falls <laughs> under, like, the, I guess, a movie from 2007 that not a whole lot of... I guess at the time it was popular, but... Right. Now, not so much. It's kind of gone into obscurity these days. We've had many harder things to find. That is fair. Yeah, yeah. We've, We've had harder things to find this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Cool. Well, uh, let's go watch this movie, and we'll be right back to talk about it then. All right. All right. Talk to you in a little bit. And we are back. From watching August Rush. Whoa. Yeah. Um. What a rush. What a something. <laughs> Take it away, Robbie. So I guess I'll start off saying that I know this movie is a little off and weird. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of falls under one of those movies of, uh, I like it, but I understand why other people don't like it. But I guess I'll go with probably one of the more harsh critics first. Try What do you think about it? Boy, was that fucking cheesy. <laughs> it was. There's a lot of cheese in this movie. It wasn't even like cheese was for the brain. It was just no, like it's, it, the it's... writer was just like, man, stuff has to happen. So I guess it happens and they don't need motivation to make it happen. They just gave you a chunk of Gouda. Yeah. kind of. <laughs> they were like, here you go. Like, I just feel like I didn't understand why any of the characters did anything. They just sort of did it. Because of the music. Also, the moon told them to. Yeah. Exactly. That's bad. <laughs> That's bad. So, yeah. Oh man, I was watching this. Movie. I expected them to like explain anything with the moon, like why they kept listening to it. But no, let's just stop. No, just listen to the moon, man. They're just rabbits or something. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I, I mean, one thing clear. you guys did say about this is that you felt like it's almost like a religious movie, but like <laughs> they feel like one. I guess one way that you can look at it too is like in a weird way, the religion is like the spirit of music. For this Oof. movie, <laughs> it's a religion somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, kind of going to um, stock music you found for free on a shitty ass website. <laughs> I yeah, man. I just it's not that I think the movie is technically bad, like on a technical level. I just think the writing felt real 1994 in like. 2007 yeah when it was a 2007 film you <laughs> yeah. said yeah yeah like even the like evil villain of um i can't think of his name robin Wizard. williams no oh. like even robin williams character and it just felt like he's evil because evil and like they tried to throw in like he clearly had like some parental troubles and he's homeless and stuff like that but like man and with that one like it's a lot of subtext with it too but i think it kind of goes with the it, he grew up as an orphan, which is why he has a lot of the troubles that he has. Yeah. Right. He, he but like, said that. How, how many movies do we need to have Robin Williams take care of a bunch of orphan children? Five, probably, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, how many movies are there of him where he takes care of orphan children? Pan? Peter Pan? Technically, he's um, not taking care of orphan children. Uh, in that. See, Peter Hook, Pan? Is, sorry. Yeah. And it's the one where 
it's the fucking doctor and he plays and he's the clown doctor what the fuck is flubber called? no not flubber <laughs> oh, um, flubber i don't know patch if he adams? children yeah. but flubbers patch. yeah you're thinking of patch adams yeah like maybe i just don't like that robin williams is the guy that takes care of orphan children <laughs> you listed like two movies <laughs> Maybe I don't like the idea of Robin Williams as being like a hoarder of orphan children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of why he becomes a bad guy in the movie. Spoilers right now, but <laughs> we can get into it. I mean, I don't want this to turn into like a shitting on Robbie's movie thing. I, to be fair, usually whenever I bring movies, you guys do shit. Well, at least Dry shits on it. <laughs> I say you guys, but I'm always staring directly at Dry when I say that. There's one guy. No, 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 no. Sam doesn't like my movies either. But, like, yeah, it just felt like there was no reason for anything to happen. It just sort of happened. So that, that's my really, that's my biggest slight with the movie. Is that just... Yeah, I, I will give you that. There is a lot of just, like, it happens just to move the plot along. Yeah, like, that's like, the whole movie. Yeah, like... To be fair, like, the whole thing with the moon, like, this is super early in the movie, and it's something that, like, I didn't even really, this is probably, like, my seventh or eighth time watching this movie, and I didn't even catch it until this time watching the movie, was uh, when it, the whole talking to the moon thing. The only reason that's really in there is because, like, whenever he leaves the orphanage at the beginning of the movie, he's just like, it's like, oh, the arc, I was following, I was listening to the moon whenever I left, so just, like, his father uh, his father talked to the moon, and so so does he, kind of thing. It's very convenient that the moon was just the road. (laughs) 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 Yeah, even with us just, like, talking about, I don't know, I guess, for pretty much any movie we discuss, it's hard for us to, like, not really talk about our feelings about the movie without actually talking about spoilery stuff, but I guess I should ask but I'm guessing it's going to be the next harshest. E, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> so. I only say that because he laughed like the entire movie. <laughs> this movie is all over the place. It has no structure. I'm going to take it a step farther than Jariah. I think this movie feels like it was made in the 80s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> to be fair, I actually have another music movie that was made in the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, like things just happen... <laughs> everything that like 87% of the characters dude is for no reason whatsoever but i kind of love this movie <laughs> i'm not, i can't i can't say i liked it i can't say i hated it i think i think i'm not going to have any think, feelings towards it after we get done talking about it but yeah i think it's just cuz like because of music is like why 90% of the plot happens in this movie i mean yeah well like there's some there are there's like one or two characters that I actually quite enjoy in this movie. Um we'll probably talk a bit more about that when we get to spoilers. Um Yeah, like I think the only character that I like was Mr. August Rush himself. But it wasn't even because of the character, because I don't think he has a character. His character is music and find my parents. <laughs> but like sound really <laughs> terrible. I think his character kinda is he's a bit on the spectrum. Yeah, it seems that way. Um but like that actor kind of just does that because the role that I know him best from and probably most people know him best from is when he was a teenager he played Norman Bates in Bates Motel oh yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. where I recognize this from so literally the entire movie I was like this kid's gonna fucking black out and start murdering people any second <laughs> I, I kind of I was gonna ask that too because I know that's where you knew him what? from yeah <laughs> I recognize this actor too kind of I wonder if it's just because he kind of looks like a generic kid from those kinds of movies. Maybe. He, maybe. He's been in a couple of movies with kid, or childhood acting. Um, 
I think it was called Finding Neverland was like the first like major role that he was in. He was in that. He's yeah. he's oh, in but... that Johnny Depp meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I never actually connected Norrin Bates with <laughs> actors in all of the movies. <laughs> I mean, with the guy saying he's on the spectrum too, the funny thing about that is like he's currently playing in a TV show where he's playing an autistic doctor. So, like, yeah, I don't. It's hard to really explain without probably coming off of it insensitive, but like it kind of is how they depict a lot of these kids in these movies. Honestly. I mean, he does come across that way without them saying as much. He's literally a child. He's like a 12 year old child prodigy. Yeah. So like, it's kind of hard not like to expect people to kind of go under that assumption. Right. And he doesn't exactly speak a lot in the film and he has a very difficult time with personal space and boundaries with people. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes off like they wanted to write that, but they wanted to keep it PG 13. Also, not even, it's just PG. Yeah, it's PG. Oh, there we go. Actually, so that's the other thing. This movie curses a lot for a PG movie. It doesn't do any like bad cursing though. It doesn't like say shit or like fuck or anything like that. Like, damn is generally acceptable, and bitch can also be acceptable in some places. I don't. As well. I don't know. It seems weird to be like. Maybe it's just because I don't even really process curses as necessarily that bad. But it's weird to me that there's a tier of curses. Yeah, it, it is weird. But yeah, <laughs> like, there's there definitely is a tier. Like, I don't know why, like, damn isn't that bad, but, like, shit is, like... It's it's I, how it feels on your ears. That's why fuck is so abrasive to people, because it sounds abrasive, so it is abrasive to people. Well, the Damn thing doesn't sound, sound nearly as harsh. So, basically, this is a mess of a movie, but I do quite enjoy it okay. overall. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where I fall, too, but like I said, I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, movies about music, so... But... I guess lastly, I'll ask Sam, what did you think of this movie? Um, I thought it was fucking hilarious, which is saying something <laughs> because it's not even a comedy movie, so it exceeded my expectations in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I fucking hated it from the beginning. <laughs> I kind of figured you would, but I didn't even know you were going to be on the podcast today, so... It's not my kind of movie at all. Um, I wrote a review about it, and I'll um, say it at the end of the... <laughs> okay. It's I mean... actually her review. <laughs> Which, come to think of it, I think the only time I've ever like written like a harsh, like structured review for anything is when Robbie presents the movie. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> Told you. I bring movies, you guys shit on them. <laughs> not or not uh, E. It's always I those know. two. It's just like, I, maybe it's just I'm in the crossfire a lot of these times. Yeah, is what happens. You kind of are. Like, you you are literally in between me and them. Yeah, know, but like, it's always like, Dry's like, yeah, I didn't really like it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Was at least average. And then Robbie's like, oh, yeah, they, they fucking hated it. <laughs> well, I think, like, I'm not pointing it at you at all. It's just, like, literally there's more than one person that doesn't like this movie. I, I just, so. like, it's just because, like, the Rashomon thing, I think more just, like, you left yeah. with the general tone that Rashomon went, and I'm just put in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we can all kind of figure out what you think about it, Robbie. What do you, but what do you think about the movie? So the movie is silly, and it is cheesy. Like, it, the movie's full of cheese, but... um Despite that, and like the fact that stuff happens just to kind of move the plot forward, I do honestly like this movie, but I think it's more or less because it does a really good job exploring like, you know, why music is important to like people who play it and how it kind of like 
brings more joy to their lives and make their lives more fulfilling and stuff like that. So I think I like the more subtler themes of that in the movie, even though I guess first fun, I guess not even the first, but like one of the first fun facts of this is like, this is weirdly just a modern take on Oliver Twist. I mean, I have to believe you. I've never, never read it, honestly. But yeah, like that's why it has as much cheese as it has, because it's basically based off of a Charles Dickens story. But um, for me, like I said, like showing like the importance of music for all the characters who play it in there and like how it shaped their lives and stuff like that during a time whenever I was learning how to play guitar and it became very important to me to have music in my life. Like, I think that's one reason why this movie struck a chord with me. It's one of those movies like Dryas said that we've kind of shit on his movies where he said this movie was just what I needed at the time. This movie was one of those movies that I just needed at that time. And so it kind of has that nostalgic feeling for me. So that's why I like it. But I understand why other people don't. This actually is a very, I don't want to say very critically hated movie, but it's not well liked. Like most critics will say it's okay to it's bad. I would probably agree with them. <laughs> it's okay. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. I would also agree with them that it's just straight up bad. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, so here's the crux of the movie. So we have the story out of the way yeah. so we can talk about different points of it. Is there are these two musicians, one in a rock band, and then this one girl who works at Juilliard and is a star cellist. Celloist? Celliest? Celloist. Cello Cellist. Cellist. Um, and her father is like forcing her to be in the, the program. The Philharmonics. Yeah. 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 Which I think it's one of those things like if you're playing in the New York Philharmonics, like you're just a, uh, you're world class at your instrument. Right. Which is, which is great. And, but like she's not loving it as much because she's being forced into it. And so she's trying to get out of that life. But then the guy who plays in the band doesn't seem like he's forced into anything. He just runs away from the band constantly. I mean, he's not, he's clearly not enjoying his time in there. But at the like, start of there's the movie. like no reason why it's just like, yeah, we're rock band. We're really successful. And then all you have is like his brother telling him, you can't leave the band constantly. And him being like, no. And literally running away. I mean, like they don't give him a reason to not like the band. Sometimes you're just not into it. I don't really. Except. Okay, so they're a rock band, quote-unquote, really successful, playing like a fucking dive bar in New York City is successful. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, there's actually some really successful bands that are playing in the subway of New York, so. But, like, I just, I don't feel like there's any motivation for this guy to want to leave his life where he is successful. Because what he ends up doing after the celloist, the cellist and him hook up one night because he talks to the moon and she's like, fucking, I want to fuck that guy, I guess. <laughs> and so they have sex on top of a New York rooftop and wake uh, up... A couch and, on top of a New York couch rooftop. couch on top of a New York rooftop, of course. <laughs> um, and then split up and don't see each other for like 11 fucking years. Mm-hmm. But he's like, fuck this band, I'm going to go follow my heart as a, a businessman. I'm going to go to the heartless, soulless world of business now. Yeah. Business. That's what Business my man. heart desires. I mean, he seemed more into it than he did in the band. Quite well, honestly, like, there's no, there's no reason. Like that's kind of my problem. Like the the woman I understand, I don't even remember her name, but the uh, woman I understand, the cellist, because she's like being forced. Lila was her name. Lila, okay, but like she's being forced into the whole thing, and so like she clearly doesn't want to be forced to do it. Like she loves the instrument and stuff like that, but she doesn't want to be forced to have to do this thing. He has no drive or motivation for anything. He just does stuff. It's like like I, a real rocker. But like, <laughs> I just don't understand it at all. They don't give him any motivations. So 
but the whole subtext of that is they're saying like music is kind of the deus ex machina of this movie. Exactly. So what it was, well, no, that's what they're like at the very beginning when he says like music is all around, you just have to listen to it. It was supposed to be like the uh, force that brought them together was music. So like in a weird way, like they connected to each other through music. So that's how they found each other. And so I think that w- that was the whole reason why he left our in a sudden rush is because like it, he was being drawn to her. I, th- I think what Jirai is getting at though, is like, he's, he's very like unhappy in the band and the movie doesn't explain why he's always been unhappy. Which... Well, he it didn't show that he was unhappy at first. What it was is after he couldn't find her anymore, he lost his drive to be No, a he's definitely unhappy because after the gig, he just runs away and won't talk to anybody. He's being driven to her. I think that's what it was trying to say. If that's... I think it did a good job. Like I said, yeah. it's, a, it's a deus ex machina, like I said. <laughs> but... I my thing is like how his brother reacts about it makes it seem like this is definitely a many time deal like this isn't yeah once and like the way that he talks to the guy he's like no no don't worry he's gonna play he's gonna be here don't worry so like it doesn't seem like it's the music is ch- making him go somewhere it seems like he just always abandons the band for no reason to go and fucking hang out on a rooftop and talk to the fucking moon yeah maybe he's actually an introvert i guess <laughs> i mean that's actually another thing too like a, a weird thing that i found out about which this is kind of a non sequitur but goes along with it too is uh you know are uh, a lot of Fame are a lot of bands in the nineties, like once they got famous, they went and partied all the fucking time, which is what they were known for. Um I guess Slipknot, they did a lot of parties and a lot of drugs during those parties. Except for their lead guitarist, which he wasn't about that lifestyle at all. So whenever the band was out partying, I guess he would actually just kinda of sit in his or sit in the bus and play video games all day. Cool, which is completely fine. Yeah. And if that's what you want to have your character be, then write it. <laughs> Don't just have your character run away and have that be his thing. But Jariah, if they wrote it, then they couldn't write other words. They only had so many words in this movie. Yeah, you're right. We needed that 10-minute <laughs> scene in the beginning where he talks about talking to the fucking moon and she's way into it. Like, yeah, we definitely yeah. needed that. We honestly... What? You could have just not had those characters and the movie would have been exactly the same. I, I honestly, like... I don't know why they even bothered to go back in time. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it didn't add much to this movie other than explaining... Hey, this is where they had sex. Yeah, I think it's mostly explaining like how he became an orphan. But he could just be an orphan. Like the movie doesn't explain so many other things. Why even explain that? Yeah. Well, my thing is like it starts the movie and he's clearly an orphan. Right. I don't think they have to explain he's an orphan. I mean, if they didn't uh, have those scenes, you guys would probably be like, "So why did his parents abandon him to begin with?" And there would be that discussion with it. So, like, one of the problems I have with this movie is like there's no character development really people just do things without any sort of established uh reasons why because they have no character development (laughs) um it's just like cardboard cutouts of these what these characters should be i guess i don't know It, it it's lifeless to me, completely lifeless. Yeah, that that's honestly how I feel too. Like the characters just don't feel like they're written. They just feel like here's an archetype, here's an archetype, here's an archetype. Archetype, go do things. Okay, end of the movie. Music swells up. Isn't that heartwarming, everybody? Right? Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like the whole premise. You don't even need to go fucking watch it. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, it really is just a writing problem for me. Like there's no characterization in the entire thing. Like the kid's character is literally child prodigy everyone wants to take advantage of him like that's his entire character that doesn't go any deeper than that mm-hmm. like that's that's honestly my problem with it is there's just no characterization with any of the characters i don't know what you <laughs> want me to say about that <laughs> yeah, just, my biggest problem with this movie honestly is the dialogue because <laughs> it's just very awkward i don't really find it as much well i mind it in the first 
20-ish minutes, but mostly that's also because I hate romance. So it's weird dialogue, but also then they start kissing, which is Mm, gross. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they have sex, which is even more gross. (laughs) Um, After that, I honestly don't mind. And a lot of it's very unintentionally funny, which I'm okay with. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a a casting problem for some of the actors. I don't know if I'd say it's maybe the parents, because they have some weird delivery. That's a lot of right, the and they like don't have any the, chemistry again, when you see them together either. Well, they're not together. Zero much. chemistry. Zero. <laughs> right, but like if you're if you we're, we as the audience are supposed to buy that like their love struck immediately, right? And we're like Maybe. supposed yeah. to cheer for them, but like I didn't feel like they gave a shit about each other at all. I don't know. I never feel that about any movie. So right, right. of course you don't. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, after we get past that part, I'm pretty on board for a lot of the random stuff that happens. It just it feels so pointless. Not everything needs a point, in my opinion. I know we're watching a movie. No, but... this definitely needs a point. <laughs> <laughs> the point of a movie is to tell a story. It definitely so... needs a point. <laughs> it does tell a story. The quality of it's up to the debate, but there's definitely a story here. The point is always trust the moon. Yes. And listen to what it says to you. Embrace your inner <laughs> You're not crazy. I swear. You're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought the kid was like schizophrenic or something. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, okay, so yeah. So the kid's whole thing is he's an orphan and he like hears his parents and everyone thinks he's crazy and the weird kid. And so he follows the moon to go and find his parents. And then literally the rest of the movie is just everybody he meets taking advantage of him, basically. The school almost had, like, some of his best interests by giving him an education, but also, from how schools are, we know know that it's a lot of, they get the credit for stuff. Right, they immediately are just like, child prodigy, uh, well, we need to have a concert, I guess, now. (laughs) Well, they were already having the concert, that was the- Yeah, they already had the concert, they just let him be the headliner. True. Um... This isn't too spoilery. Like, he runs into... I mean, you're going into spoiler territory anyways right now. You're given the plot of the movie. The plot of the movie is so simple, honestly. Like, it's not even spoiler. Like, I feel like you could probably watch the trailer. I haven't watched the trailer, but you could probably watch the trailer and figure it out. Like, it's just, it's I so boilerplate. I figured it out in, like, the first five seconds, so... Yeah, it's just so <laughs> boilerplate, like, 90s cliche story. Um, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think the story is the part that's supposed to be the important part. Nah. I think it's literally supposed to be emotional highs and emotional lows mm-hmm. that are pushed through music, but I also don't think it does that very well. The music didn't even do anything for me because that also just felt wooden, like it was actually stock music that they got from like some shitty fucking website. <laughs> um, it did not. It it didn't move me. It didn't make me feel a thing. So right, and I think like that's what this movie is mostly banking on because it doesn't have the characterizations in the writing. I would say that the cinematography is pretty boring and flat for the most part. And so like the thing that it's supposed to be doing and it worked for you, Robbie, is that the music and the point of the music is supposed to push you forward and propel you emotionally to the gratifying ending. But I just didn't even like the music. Like the only thing that I even somewhat liked in it was the guitar playing, which was clearly not the kid playing it, obviously. Um, I, I guess another little fun fact about that one too is, um, it, it, I guess not a very well-known musician, but yeah, they actually did get a musician to do all of the guitar work except for the part wherever him and uh, the person who's supposed to be his dad is playing like towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, it all was this um, artist, which I'm probably going to be saying her name wrong, is uh, Kaki King. 
your name? No idea. K-A-K-I, King. Like, it's supposed to be Kaki King. No idea. I've never even heard of her. Yeah, that's, well, I don't know. I guess that also goes along with, like, the weird music that I listen to, too, also. Like, whenever I talk to other musicians about some of the guitarists that I liked growing up and stuff like that. Like, I remember one time someone asked me, like, oh, like, what do you like listening to? She's like, oh, I like listening to, like, Paul Gilbert and Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. And they're like, oh, you're a guitar player, aren't you? Because, like, the only people who listen to them are other guitar players. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, the only part of the music that I even somewhat liked was the guitar playing in the park when he, like, first picks up the guitar and plays it. Or, like, when he's first getting extorted into playing guitar to make money. Yeah. Um, and he's playing on the bridge in the park or whatever. Um when he's like doing that fret slapping thing. That's the only part I even somewhat like, but that honestly just reminded me of somebody that we grew up with who I won't name. Yeah. Um, but like, it just reminded me of his playing, which funny thing is he probably got art of playing that way through artists like him. Like another artist that's or other artists that are famous for that was, uh, I guess the first one that was famous for that is a guy who invented that style is Michael uh, Hodges. Mm-hmm. And, um, he invented that that very first time that he's like slap playing guitar uh, whenever everybody's waking up and listening to him play for the very first time. Uh, that was actually a song that he wrote that they just put into the movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's the only part of the music that I even like somewhat liked. Like everything else I just thought felt like stock 90s music. Like it didn't it didn't move me in any way. That's actually kind of funny because this movie won an Academy Award for its music. I don't think it should <laughs> I have. I do not know why that is it. No, I don't agree with that at all. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> what else came out? Well, sorry. I guess not everyone can have as good of taste in music as you, especially the people who do the uh, critic or criticizing of the music. Oh, <laughs> okay, right. I don't think we can get into this right now. <laughs> it just it didn't do anything for me. Like I, the writing wasn't good enough that made me feel anything about the characters at all. I don't think the acting was anything to write home about, and I just. Besides that one thing, I just don't really like the music even. And I I think Robin Williams was miscast. I don't think he was good in his role either. I thought he was weird and he awkward. He was bad. Like, I have to say, he, it was one of the funniest parts of the whole movie because it, it's, he felt so out of place because he's supposed to be like this rough and tumble, you know, street smart yeah. um, rocker guy. And he has this fucking well, soul patch and a curved cowboy hat and knuckle tattoos <laughs> well the funny thing about that too which is something that dry said uh something that dry said earlier whenever we were watching the movie which he actually nailed it right on our he nailed the name no the the nail in the coffin i can't remember or put the nail on the head for he <laughs> got it's fine no, no, no. <laughs> anyways uh dry got it uh, completely correct like that entire look was actually ba- or the look and the way that he acted was based off of the um was based off of bono actually yeah like it looks exactly like him yeah like he was meant to like look and act exactly like him like that was his inspiration for that character but like you want to know what bono's not like a rough and tumble street dude like no we like to pretend like he is though he's like such a fucking tool (laughs) and so is robin williams in this movie like um he looked like every fucking alt rocker in like the late 90s early 2000s (laughs) (laughs) which was the look he was going for but like it doesn't it's mean it's bad. good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I fucking know the look, but it was fucking bad. <laughs> but let's say from here on out, spoilers. <laughs> so we can okay. talk about like specific really? big plot things. Let's uh, let's take it over to Robbie. What what are things that you liked about the movie? Mostly like I said the music of it. Um 
I just kind of like the whole music guiding you through everything, even though, like I said, it acts like a deus ex machina to where things that they shouldn't be able to know and do, they end up knowing and doing through the power of music. So it's a little bit fanatical for that whole side of it. But I think that's kind of what I liked about the plot, even though, like I said, the plot for the most part is forgettable. Like I said, it's musical uh, Oliver Twist, mostly, which, you know, is also I guess that one's actually about an orphan in the 1800s, though. Can I sweep your chimney? <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? All I've ever known is sweeping chimneys. It, the thing is, it's not even the kid doesn't even do that. He's just there and people give shit to him and take him under his wing. <laughs> he doesn't even ask for anything. That's- he asks for one thing and no one gives it to him. Parents? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, no, 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 just keep on playing music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I guess if you wanted to like look at how the music industry is and kind of, well, it's not always has been, but at least has been within our lifetime, it kind of makes sense that people would just kind of take him under his wing to use him for his musical talents. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, Especially that considering, sense. like, uh, once again, a bunch of whole big name bands, like... Um, for most of the Backstreet Boys' careers, like they didn't really have a whole lot of money to, the, or to their name because their managers were taking all of their money, even though they were like selling like, out to hundreds of millions of people on uh, for CDs and concerts and everything. Mm-hmm. Like producing music and managing music, that's where most of the money's being made. Most of the artists don't make dick. That's capitalism, and that's kind of, like I said, it kind of does show that. Like, well, it has like once again that little side story, which that's what I mostly concentrated on with this movie was like the little subtleties. Of it when it comes to like, you know, how he's being screwed over by everyone else. Like, well, he wants this. Everybody wants this. So they use him to get to that. I wouldn't call that a subtlety. I would just call that the story. (laughs) I mean, the main story is him looking for his parents. Is he really, though? Because yeah, he just keeps asking for his parents and following the moon. He's not like, I mean, (laughs) that leads him to his parents. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Brought him to New York. And where were his parents? All coincidentally going to New York. Coincidentally, huh? (laughs) They also talked to the moon that night. If you're 11 years old and looking for your parents and you didn't know how to find them, like. I I, I don't know. Exactly. I I just cried in Kmart once. That's how I found my parents. (laughs) I had a phone. I I can't say, Robbie, that I've ever been an orphan looking for my parents talking to the moon. Right. I can't say I've been in that situation. (laughs) Maybe you should try it one time. Yeah, I should go for it. But, I mean, I guess it'd be about as effective as crying in Kmart, but... Yeah. Um, Like, the, the thing that really, I wouldn't say bothered me in the movie, they just weren't things. Like, this movie was was so much just coincidence, which I, I hate that kind of stuff. It's just everything is coincidence. I I really, really disliked both of the parents' plots and, like, how they yeah. came together in the end. Like, I think that that was straight up just bad writing because... It did feel like it was just added on to kind of add more time to the movie. Yeah, like, it, it super could have been an hour long. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like you didn't need the going back 11 years to watch them fuck to be like, these are the parents now. Like you could have figured it out through the movie. Like they didn't need that scene. I don't think. But you had to see how much, like how easily they just fell in love, even though it doesn't show how easily they fell in love. Right. Like that's the thing. Like that's what I mean about like miscasting (laughs) as well, because like when you cast two people who are supposed to be romantic and in love, you want to actually at least have them have some sort of chemistry. So you can see, like, they're getting along really well on screen. I think the casting actually makes it seem more like it is from, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Because I know the girl was, like, a big 
teen actress, I think she was. Yeah, she was. She was in a lot of teen dramas and shit like that. Um, so, and I don't think she's really in anything nowadays, but... <laughs> I think she's mostly in, like, family dramas and stuff like that. Wasn't she in, like, that yeah, movie about like... Russian spies called The Americans? She was in that. Yeah. That was a pretty big television show for some reason. I mean, I never saw it, but Me I... Me either. It looked really boring. <laughs> but it looked... But it sure existed. It did exist. I remember seeing a clip, and it was, like, the weirdest clip. I think it was, like, one of those meant to show, like, how... Meant to, like, brainwashing in Russia... And uh, it just came off as super funny with that one, too, because like they were just like going through like this weird museum and uh, they have like these mannequins standing there. And like when the mannequin, like the child mannequin goes like, Dad, the cat is dead. And then like the dad goes like, we'll buy a new cat. And then it starts raining money on them. Like to show like this is what Americans are. <laughs> That's, That's pretty amazing. Good. That's pretty good. actually. Yeah. But yeah, like, that, you know, Russian brainwashing it like this is how corrupt Americans are. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like. Yeah, there's just no chemistry in any of the any of the actors. Like the closest thing I think that does come to chemistry is um Robin Williams character with the kid. But I think that's just Robin Williams trying to be Robin Williams and then he has to occasionally remember that he's playing a character. Uh the funny thing is cuz with both the DVD and the Blu-ray, there is like no special features. There's deleted scenes. That's it. And there actually are like, I think three deleted scenes wherever it was like kind of like a little wholesome them talking to each other, like kind of bonding. But since he's supposed to be a bad guy, they can't have them bonding with each other. <laughs> right. That would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> like those scenes are actually really nice. Like I would have liked if it would have kept them in there. But with those scenes, because like it's them talking and like him asking, like him kind of questioning himself, saying like, he's like, I always like thought that like if I played the music, maybe my parents would hear them. Do you think that maybe they actually do hear me? and then him looking at him and be like I hear you August and like See, kind of just bonding with him that like, sounds like an amazing scene but it needs to not be in this movie right <laughs> like if this movie well technically it wasn't in the movie right yeah <laughs> if this movie was about the kid doing this thing and then figuring out that it was Robin Williams was the parent he needed all along that would be a really good scene in there yeah but that's not what this movie's but about but because Robin Williams has to be the bad guy they can't have <laughs> yeah. him be sympathetic it is. Re- it's really weird because they introduced this second subplot about uh, August, Evan, whatever you want to call him, going to school, which is also kind of unnecessary. The Juilliard thing? Yeah. Like, I think a big issue, again, is because this movie doesn't have focus. I think they should have either kept it with the Robin Williams orphanage exploitation stuff or the <laughs> college thing. Because, like, they're both kind of half-baked, and, like, there is actually just a point in the movie where it's like, all right, take out tape A, flip it around, we're now in this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's not, like, no, like, established timeline either. Like, does this happen, like, within a week? A month? No. Is it a few months. days? Yeah, yeah, so it's from when uh, August leaves the orphanage to the day before the concert is six months. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it says yeah. six months. Yeah. Yeah, because during that scene wherever uh during that scene wherever he's like playing with his dad, he's like, it's like how long have you been playing guitar? Six months. You learned how to play guitar like that in six months? Yeah. Yeah. Well really he learned how to play guitar like that in like five seconds yeah. from the second he's like <laughs> well, he also learned you know, how to play the good. organ in an afternoon. The <laughs> organ and he can compose and you know, he can do everything. I don't think he can compose. <laughs> I think those people were just reading the notes. <laughs> and he was just waving his hands around. He was just like waving his arms around. Like, I mean, I think the worst part about that is I guess another one of the fun facts is they actually taught Freddie Moore how to actually compose. So technically he was composing up oh. there. But the thing is that they just 
they're playing they're they weren't playing what the band was playing they're playing their are uh, you know what was played on a sound stage right yeah. and yeah. so it just did not go together with that but like at the very end whenever he's composing that band he's legitimately composing they taught him how to compose for this movie mm. cool it, it would have been cool if we heard what they were playing yeah instead of a sound stage <laughs> yeah well it probably wouldn't yeah. sound as good as it, it wouldn't but at least it would have been honest uh but honest like talking to the moon Shut up! <laughs> like it is the the weird decision to go into the Julie Arts is just weird because it basically does the same exact things twice. Where it like he finds himself lost and finds a black character who he mm-hmm. kind of bonds with that helps him and in, that introduces him to uh, other characters that help push him. Yeah. And like, I kind of—that's another thing. I kind of wish it went more into those characters because I think they're kind of more interesting and they're more like an everyday person. They super are, like the guitar playing <laughs> kid, and then the kid that he meets in the church. Yeah, I think maybe just as performances in the movie because I do think that the kid who plays the main who plays August is a fairly good actor. Uh-huh. He definitely has a niche to where he fits in way better than other things. I do think he's a good actor though if he's put into the right role. But like he, his character wasn't interesting in this at all. And I think those other two kids had way more energy. Because, like, yeah. I was saying, like, there's a couple characters. Like, those two kids are kind of the ones I like because they're so, like, they're from a different movie, basically, <laughs> yeah. and put in here, and it works really well. Especially, like, the second character, uh, unfortunately, doesn't get as much screen time. But I think the first character has a lot of really, like, good back and forth with August before he's pushed away for Robin Williams. Yeah, he does. He does, actually. And also gets to fucking smack Robin Williams with a guitar, which is pretty neat. Which is actually <laughs> another deleted scene with that, which kind of would make you cheer for him more for smacking him, because there's actually, a, like, they cut it out for a lot of different reasons, because, like, it's actually a scene where Robin Williams is dyeing his hair, so they can't recognize him. <laughs> but like, sounds very unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it seemed unnecessary, considering it's the same black color as his hair already is. <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, during that scene, like Arthur comes up to go talk to them and he's like, Hey, by appointment only. And like kicks him out. And Arthur looks at Robin Williams and he says, like, you don't like me anymore. Do you? And Robin Williams replies with, don't ask me no questions. I'll tell you no lies. And walks away with that. Like I said, like weirdly enough, like the deleted scenes work better than some of the scenes that were in the movie. Like, I think, again, I think a lot of it is these deleted scenes sound great, but I don't think they work in the movie, which of course is why they're deleted. Right. Like, here's the thing. I think he is right that it feels like it's a mishmash of, like, stories and ideas and stuff like that, and that they repeat themselves. I think they could have cut out the Juilliard thing entirely. They could have just made it to where the orphan school, like, actually just gets a big hit. Like, they perform in the square or something like that, and they get a huge hit. And then, like, they play a few gigs, and then they get, like, a concert or something like that. And, like, everybody does it. Like, you didn't need Juilliard to get to the big, giant concert scene. I don't even... Like, it really doesn't need a concert either, because they basically just go into a the middle of new york anyways right they're not in a concert hall they follow the music so yeah (laughs) i mean also with that like i will give you this with that like with the whole juilliard thing it also makes it seem even more half-baked considering they have to kick him out of juilliard for a whole 10 minutes so he's going back out on the street to like meet his dad for the first time yeah like it's just not it's not fun like it's not entertaining i mean i'll disagree with you on that but (laughs) 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 like what some of it, there's a lot of unintentional enjoyment I definitely get from this, but I think a lot of it I think works the best when they let characters bounce off the kid because he's such a weird, nonsensical kind of character. Very odd. That it, he works really well when he has a straight man. Like he works well with 
Arthur or Arthur? Arthur. Arthur. He works well with Arthur. He works well with the little black girl. I don't know if she gets a name. If she did, I don't remember it. Yeah. yeah. And I he I would I'm gonna say I think he does work well with his dad the little bit he gets. Yeah. To that be scene whenever he does talk to the guy or Jonathan Reese Myers, one who plays his dad. Like that scene that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, honestly. It's that's just, probably the best scene in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like and it's a shame because it, it it's unintentionally, well, intentionally, because he is his father. Like, it's a cool father-son kind of bonding moment, but they don't get to know that they're father-son. Right. right. And you don't get, like, that realization from August at the end when, like, he turns around and he's like, my parents clearly there. Oh, he doesn't see, like, his parents, he's like, oh, hey, the guy from the park and some lady. <laughs> like, I don't, it would be cool if he could have pieced together the guy from the park was his dad from the, the magic of music. <laughs> right, like so, like it's already nonsensical. Movie. Just fucking go for it. I think this movie probably should have just dropped a couple things, and I think it would have improved because then it could focus on what it had. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, I think they, they wanted to give it that Oliver Twist feel, and that kind of just, like I said, it, this is like a modern retelling of Oliver Twist. So I think they're trying to follow that, and it just kind of puts like in some weird Deus Ex Machina moments just to keep the plot moving forward. Yeah, that's probably fair. I haven't. Red watched eaten whatever Oliver twists. It's been a long time. Like I was, a, I was a kid last time that I saw that. <laughs> but like, I don't. So, I guess my thing is like, if you really are attempting to modernize something, modernize it. Don't don't like force yourself to be stuck with what it has. Because like, I'll say like there are a lot of modern adaptation of cartoons that I really like because they modernize it. I think the new DuckTales series is way better than the original DuckTales series because it modernizes it in stuff like give each of the nephews an actual character. <laughs> right. So they're all just <laughs> They're ducks. all the nephews. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm not like, again, I don't think this movie's bad or anything. I, th- I think there's a lot of enjoyment to have. And I think if they just could keep more of a focus, I think it would have right. really helped. No, I agree with you on that. And like I said, that's mostly the whole like, the thing that I like about this movie, it's one of the arm. Um, it does a really good job of like showing, like even whenever things are going bad in your life, follow the music, and it'll, or it'll, it's the one thing you can turn to whenever everything else like kind of falls to the wayside. Which that's actually the whole idea of like that whole scene with his dad that you guys laughed at whenever he uh, said like, um, not to turn your back on music because I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just because like it just started with just don't turn your back on music and like had a bit of a. Pause, and I know it's probably for more direct. But it's yeah, just funny. That, it's like, probably for dramatic reasons why yeah, he said it that way. It's just funny that he says that and like has this pause. Well, that's the immediate thing he did. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. With like the second part in context, that was it yeah, works that, a bit better. With the second part in context is basically him saying, "Learn from my mistakes." Basically, but, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I think that's what stuck with me the most was like that whole scene with it, which is probably like I said, it came out during a time where it meant something to me. And that scene in particular meant a lot to me. Yeah. And like, I definitely understand because like watching this movie does kind of give me flashbacks to when I was learning guitar because it really has that feel of like, I mean, uh, Evan kind of learns a bit too quick to have that yeah. exact feel. But like, it does like feel like that's also a deus ex machina is that he's a world class guitarist yeah. and organ player and composer I within think, six months. <laughs> again, with something could they probably could have dropped the organ player and just kept him on a guitar. But that was because <laughs> they moved him to a new location. Like, shit, he doesn't yeah. have his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But also, that, I think they're probably like looking at something like that. Like, if people say it's unrealistic, then they'll, uh, you'll probably have some other music nerds like me saying stuff like uh, Mozart was playing or was composing his own music by the time he was six. 
Right, but Mozart's definitely, like, a special case in a lot of stuff, because it's... And again, I know, like, he's supposed to kind of be like that. He's also supposed to be that special case, yeah. Yeah, but, but Mozart also had the time to devote his life to all the musics, and also... He was composing since a young age and did many big compositions, but, like, a lot of his stuff was still towards when he was really honing its craft. Right. And a lot of the stuff, like, when they say he composed stuff at a young age was, like, his doo-doo, <laughs> literally, like, he composed stuff about poop because he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, from what I heard, he- I think it's more he, farts than poop. But. No, it, it had to do with asses. Right, Mostly. yeah. Uh, he was, yeah, I was going to say, I think that was actually a weird fetish thing for him. I don't know. That's if what was, I read about. I think he was just a kid. It's probably more. I mean, he did compose a song called Lick My Ass. Yeah, he's a kid. <laughs> and then when he was an adult, he really wanted people to lick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it works on multiple levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the articles I read about Mozart, uh, I heard that he was, like, that was his fetish, was stuff de- dealing with asses and poop. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. He's yeah. dead for yeah, a long that time. Is fair. <laughs> so, talking about a PG-rated movie, we got on a subject of poop. Dude, and again, ass for a PG-rated movie, I think they say "damn" like ten times in four minutes, basically. Yeah, like, like "damn" is the easiest to get away with. I'm pretty sure if you did it right, you could probably get away with saying "damn" in a G-rated movie. Maybe yeah. I get my biggest thing is like it's just weird because like again in my mind it's more just like. If it's PG, don't say stuff you probably wouldn't want a child to be repeating. And that's definitely not something most parents want their child to repeat. Yeah, but also PG is parental guidance. So, like, it literally means, like, hey, like, if you don't care about your child hearing this, let them watch it. Uh, probably. I don't, again, like, a lot of it's just the weirdness of these quote-unquote tears right, for like, me. I, I think for you, I definitely understand it because you are have a very much animation-heavy... Um, taste in most things for like child media and stuff like that so like pg i think i, I don't want to speak out of turn but i think pg to you means like for children yeah well, where it doesn't generally generally mean for children it just means it's more family friendly i wouldn't say for children but like when i was young there definitely was more of a push for pg-13 mm-hmm. so i think some of that might have some of the skew like toy story is pg-13 but that's not a movie that needs to be pg-13 that yeah, could weird. easily that could quite frankly be g yeah, rating boards are weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's not like I don't understand how this, like, system works because it never feels like there's a proper answer, like, how many dams are you allowed to say in a PG-13 or a PG movie? They're infinite, apparently. <laughs> there is not a statistical thing of, like, they have this many of these. Like, even the, the fuck rule of, like, if you're PG-13, uh-huh. you get one fuck. There are multiple instances of a movie getting two or three fucks just because the content within the film matches more of a family setting from what they would consider to be a family movie. And so it gets more fucks because it's considered more of a family movie because what happens in it. I guess. So, like, there's no, like, all right, mark this off, mark this off, that equals R, all righty. Like, it's, it <laughs> yeah. literally is just six I mean, people and how they feel about it. I yeah. guess. It's just, like, that doesn't make much sense to me. I, like, I feel like if you're going to have a rating board, there should be a specific, like, consistency to it. But... Yeah, I guess to the plot back to this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge non sequitur. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's fine. Um, it's basically the two parents leave their music careers behind and go off to live their lives and then eventually come back to music after realizing life, I guess. I mean, yeah. I think for the guy, he realized that like uh, music is what he actually did. Like, even though he, um, there's basically a non-story story there of like he was going through something and he felt like music was the reason why 
he didn't like it, I guess, the way that you yeah. were looking at it. And then he realized later on that music is are the one thing he enjoyed in life. Oh, and then uh, with the, I think with the mom, it goes along with that deus ex of like her, uh, she bonds with, or like she has like some weird spiritual bond with her child through music. And therefore she starts playing again because by playing again, she can connect and find them. Well, I guess, like that's I, pretty much what that's, that's exactly what the, they're going for with that plot. Yeah. I think it's said that she was still a music teacher though. Yeah. yeah. So She's I don't think she really play though. Right. But I don't think she really left music in right. that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so she moves to New York to find her son because she also uh she her got in a car. Dying. Her dad's dying. She got in a car when she was pregnant, uh, and didn't realize she thought she lost the child. But her dad actually gave it up for adoption. Never told her, and so now after the dad's like dying, she goes off to live in New York to find her son, and then the dad just doesn't know he has a son even at the end of the movie. No, no, he just is like. Man, that August Rush is such a cool kid. Yeah, and like he's literally <laughs> then, just oh, look- hey, look, it was that girl I banged once. Yeah, like literally his entire story is he's trying to find the girl he banged once. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. um I think it's just like again like they kind of underbaked because they put too much on their plate. Yeah. Cuz yeah. like I a big thing, I don't know why they bothered taking him out of New York if they were just going to throw him back to New York so quickly. Especially the dad. I feel like the dad could have easily spin in New York. Yeah, they just could have kept them in New York. Like, New York is a big place. Yeah. If you didn't know where someone was, you're not just going to run into them. Yeah, I'm sure you can actually, like, with with New York being the way that it is, you could probably stay on the same city block for, like, five years and meet a different person every single day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, it just, they didn't need to move to different cities and have this, like, world traveling yeah. story like it didn't help anything because like especially like because they're already like different classes basically yeah yeah because like the mother was more like a sophisticated because it's their taste in music like she's a more sophisticated <laughs> concierto type deal and then the dad's like yo grunge band nirvana let's go <laughs> except yeah. also christian rock basically yeah it does kind of sound <laughs> christian rocky <laughs> it was fucking Alt mom rock. That's yeah, yeah. It's because it's. I bet it's because it's PG. So they didn't want anything that was like too rock. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't actually yeah. even plan on saying this. It just reminded me of this. Uh, apparently, the um, the street name for that is Butt Rock. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because uh, what they say on radio is like we played no- our nothing but rock, and like it's like <laughs> the kind of bands. Yeah, that's why they call it Butt Rock. Uh, and so like it's usually <laughs> the bands like um like Maroon 5 or uh, Nickelback and bands well, like that. Yeah, like, those like, are uh, those are butt rock bands. Yeah, because like my favorite butt rock is Crush 40, <laughs> yeah. known for the Sonic series. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I that, that's, why just... they call, that's why they call it that is because the radio station saying we play nothing but like nothing but rock or nothing but the best of rock. I just, so it's I just known as butt rock for people that reason. Just like nonchalantly being like, yeah, that stuff's ass. So I think like, it's, a, yeah. it's a double entendre. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from that term. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I just, every time I listen to Crush Forty, I can know I'm not listening to ass music. <laughs> no, it's a double entendre. No, you both. still are. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that reassuring tone. Don't worry, you still no, are. I mean, Dry's told me my taste in music <laughs> shit before. Uh, he says that about my music too. Yeah, I'll and s- my taste in movies. Yeah, so my taste in music is also shit. It's fine. <laughs> it's just like, um, but yeah, the movie literally ends with August composing for Juilliard in the park. And his mom walks away from the concert. Yeah, that and she's then walks in. back to the concert. 
Yeah, because she heard the music. But the music is where she's at. So why is she walking away? <laughs> I still just can't get over that she's in this concert and she fucking walked away from Honestly, right. like the only reason I could think of that they did that is for the plot convenience of her oh, like yeah. walking up and seeing him and realizing this is my son. They they wanted that they wanted that money shot of her yeah. like looking back like of her uh, well, yes. of her looking back and then walking through the crowd and her meeting her true love, uh, who's also walking in the crowd towards the audience or towards I, the stage. <laughs> I think they had trouble writing the mother, especially in this movie, yeah. like how she did stuff. Y- yes, because yeah. there's one scene in it that's so fucking weird and off-putting. She's like, when she was first in New York, like trying to find her son and whatnot, she goes to uh, Child Protective Services, and she's just waiting on the steps, and the guy that we know who works with Child Protective Services walks by, <laughs> and, and he doesn't, like, they don't know each other, no. they've never seen each other, she's just standing out there, she has no idea he even fucking works there. And she's like, you probably think I'm crazy, don't you? Like, no? Yeah, he's like, I don't know. I mean, what? before, like, the reason why, I think the reason she said that is because before, whenever she was looking for her son and she was yelling at the front, or at the lady at the front desk, he was standing in the background. Right, but he's in the background. Like, maybe so, if it was, like, him she's yelling at, I could see it. But, like, I don't, like, in that it, scene, I mean, she doesn't even a, look up. She's just like, ah! Yeah, I mean it's an office. You could see everybody was staring at her. She could probably see him walking by. Maybe it's just my face blindness, but like if I was in an office yelling, I looked around, I would not remember a single face in there except maybe who I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm at. surprised you even remember what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> I see only when I see. <laughs> but but yeah, you're right. Like that that girl just has no no. Like I understand her driving force, but they clearly didn't know how to make her drive that force forward. They just, again, just made her do stuff. Yeah. like And, like, the guy, it kind of makes sense. Like, he's literally wandering around going back to his old life because he's trying to find this girl again. Yeah. So that makes a little bit of sense. He's just doing what he knows. But her, she just doesn't do anything. Also, do you remember the scene where she was, I think she had just gone to New York and it was raining and she was on the payphone and she was talking to... No. someone her relative sister or something no, it was... and she was saying oh you're crazy uh we're on our honeymoon now we'll be there soon and we we never see those no, people I think <laughs> that was another plot that? convenience i think that was the redhead person she talks to a lot at the start of the movie talks to twice oh. yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. lot for this movie <laughs> okay yeah i think and i think that was they put that line in so that the person when he goes to chicago and talks to the tenant lady at the apartments so she could confuse them and think he's talking about the one on the honeymoon so that he can now be this sad and go to New York for whatever <laughs> goddamn reason. <laughs> but so. also, what if you just write it, hey, I'm here for that girl, I found her address in the phone book or whatever, and she's like, oh, she moved to New York. Do you have a 40 address? Sorry, I don't. And so he goes to New York. Like, you could just do that. Ooh, or, and hear me out, instead of him moving to San Francisco... Yeah, just leave just him in New York. In New- <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. I, that part just, like, it bugs me, because, like, they do a flashback for 11 years. Don't ever tell you when they're back into present time. So, actually, <laughs> technically speaking, according to this movie, we're still 11 years ago. <laughs> but, like, they do that, then they go to San Fran, then Chicago... I think another city at some point. I think you're right. And then also New York, but this whole movie takes place in New York. 
<laughs> so yeah. I don't know why they bothered doing it. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh it doesn't like it's just like a minor thing for me. <laughs> it's just like that seems so weird that they it's, decided to It's kind to... of why I wish there was like a commentary track that I was looking for whenever I was like gonna do the research for this movie. Mm-hmm. But there's not. There's those deleted scenes. Like most of the stuff I had to like look up articles online of stuff that I know. Yeah, and yeah. like here's the thing. The movie is made up of like a lot of very small little things that are annoying, but there's so many small little things that are annoying that don't work. Like, if it were just, like, the characterization's off, but, like, everything else works really well, like, that would be one thing. But, like, all the parts just don't fit together. Like, it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, for me, at least. It's almost like they just fucking dreamed something up in, like, I don't know, a day, and then they're like, okay, yeah, let's shoot it. (laughs) Like, the only scene in the movie... I'm gonna go into my final thoughts here. Okay. The only scene in the movie... (laughs) That I thought was really, really well done and like actually got me interested in the film in the film was the very first scene in the field where like he's conducting and you like yeah. see the music like shaping the grass and like the wind. And like that tells you more about what this movie is than the rest of the movie does. Like that shows how he feels with music more than anything else in the movie. And they tried to call back. I think they had. Like, they did kind of call back to that in New York when he was kind of, like, listening to the sounds of New York. And I thought that was actually a really interesting scene, too. Like, it's been done other places, of course, but, like... Right. It really tied into the movie, and they kind of dropped it. But it was, like, really cool listening to him, like, create a beat from New York. Yeah, like, that part's cool, but, like, again, that doesn't, like, move into anything. Like, at the end, he's, like, inspired by, like, what he heard in the city, but, like, he's not really, because it's still just an orchestra. Like, I wish there was focus, because that'd be cool if they actually, again, like, if the Juilliard stuff, throw that somewhere else, that's yeah, a literally, different movie. I, I just get rid of the Juilliard like, stuff. <laughs> so he's, like, playing, at the end, he's playing on that, and, like, the sounds of New York are accompanying him. That would be a really cool ending. That would be cool. That would have been cool music if they yeah. made it that way. They super didn't. No, but, like, <laughs> they could have. They could have, and they just chose not to, I think. So, uh, extra two points, because they could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, going into my final thoughts here, like I said, like I just don't think if it were like the characterization didn't work, like I said, or like maybe the acting was a little bad, but like there felt like there was chemistry there or there was some plot or there was like just any real plot or drive for any of the characters, really, instead of just music and the moon, (laughs) then like that would be one thing. But it's like all (laughs) these things just are there and they don't work together. They don't meld together. Like with Robbie telling me like how he feels about it, like I can totally understand like where it's going with it. Like, I just don't feel it at all. Like, this movie just doesn't make me feel anything. Like, I think it's trying to make you feel something. I think the entire point of the movie is to try and use this music to make you feel something, and that's supposed to make you kind of forget about the sensible things that, like, you think about when you're thinking of a story, and it's supposed to, like, push you forward, which is, I think, a lot of, like, what musicals do, too. Mm -hmm. But this didn't have that musical thing of, like, boom, big music piece, big music piece, big music piece, some plot, big music piece, big crescendo music piece, credits like it didn't it didn't have that like a musical would like this almost could have been written as a musical honestly it's funny that you say that actually they actually did start writing this as a stage music or musical see the very first time that they actually well yeah i I would honestly like to see it the very first time it was actually um the first time that was actually aired not aired uh the first time they actually did the stage musical for this was um may 3rd of 2019 so it's rather recently that they've done this. See, I, I think that would work. look that out. Actually. Yeah, yeah I kind of want to see it better. too. But like I, when I was doing research for this, I saw that and I was like, that's really cool. I want to see that. But yeah. it's also like I would be way more interested in watching a stage musical play. Yeah. Than what this movie did. Like it just didn't work for me at all. Uh, there's 
two scenes and together they're maybe seven minutes long of a two hour movie. And so like, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I, I would have, I would have to give it like a, like a four, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll probably ask Sam since she probably hated it more than Drya. What what are your final thoughts? Uh, Let me pull up my review real real quick. (laughs) She is so passionate about this review. She actually wrote something down for it. I actually wrote a whole fucking thing for it. (laughs) These are my final thoughts. Like I'll probably repeat a little bit of what I've already said, but um, I'm just going to read off my review. Um, Here we go. It's a masterpiece. Okay, so um, it's pretty much everything I dislike about Hollywood movies from that era. Um, The movie was like the leftover scraps from the uh, late 90s and early 2000s. Generic, paint-by-numbers, feel-good, romantic fodder, complete with barfy alt-rock, white bad boy that the concert audience is way too damn pumped to see live, (laughs) and the white perfectionist perfectionist rich princessy daddy's girl that falls in love with said bad boy after the first few minutes of meeting him the kid who was brought up under the worst circumstances is just too pure for this world he lives in an orphanage and is bullied and everything in his life is against him but he meets some black kids that always happen to be there at the perfect time to boost his protagonist's powers and lift up this great kid that has no musical experience whatsoever, but can just pick up an instrument and know how to play it perfectly right away. He perseveres and pushes through with only the power of his hopes and dreams and music and magically gifted white protag powers. And alt-rock rough-and-tumble Robin Williams, who has curved cowboy hat and earrings and sweet knuckle tats and, yes, a soul patch. Rules, he doesn't play by the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's bad because of how generic it is. It's designed to pull at the heartstrings of 40-year-old housewives. I felt the life being drained out of me um, while watching it because of how mediocre and manipulative it was in its forced sentimentality. So, obviously, I gave it a 10-10. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going with that. We're going with that. No. Yeah. Locked it in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 3 And I'm only giving it that because I feel sorry for it, but not in the way it wants me to feel sorry for it. Wow. (laughs) That was brutal. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that wasn't even directed at me, and I'm offended. (laughs) Man, that was brutal. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) This is why I don't bring movies to the podcast anymore. (laughs) But, uh,. E, try to lift me up a little bit, please. (laughs) This movie definitely lacks focus, but I do do still generally have fun watching it after the first, like, get uh, after the first gross romantic stuff, but that's literally every movie I have that that issue with. And I think there's a lot of fun in. Like, I think there's a lot of enjoyment to have. I think there's a lot of ironic enjoyment. And some of it, I think, might push into unironic for me. I don't know. I would have to watch it again, I guess, probably to know. (laughs) But, like, I think it's generally a fun time. And maybe it's because, like, I didn't watch all the generic movies from the 90s, 2000s. Like, 
to me, generic movies are just superhero movies right now because they all feel the same to me. And that's probably how you guys feel about these kinds of movies for you guys. But I mean, that's also how I feel about the superhero movies, too. Yeah, I feel that way. (laughs) Like, I didn't at first with the superhero movies, but I definitely feel that way now. They definitely fit a mold. Yes. <laughs> they they're all the superhero movies are definitely come out of the same mold. Well like I, I do enjoy it and maybe some of it is the same reasons that Ravi enjoys it and I'm not I'm not uptight about my music. I can listen to this kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> But like I think it's a joy. I don't think there's like anything f- like terrible about this movie. I think there's weird decisions, but nothing they're all minor to me and for me, there's not a lot of, like, build-up of minor issues. Like, they just kind of all stand side-by-side side in my eyes. Um, I think for a number, I'll probably give it a six, but that probably doesn't reflect how much I did end up enjoying it. Okay. And then I guess okay. ending with me since I brought the movie in. Man, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. You two in particular, though. Fuck both on of you. On a scale of one to Rashomon, Robbie, how are you feeling? <laughs> if Robbie's going to go home and write an angry song about you two. <laughs> an angry what? butt rock song. About an angry it. butt rock song about how my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. <laughs> and they hated it, but I don't know why. <laughs> no, I know why. Uh, so, honestly, with a lot of the stuff that was, the, uh, that was problematic, I do agree with you guys on that. Like, I kind of brought this movie in knowing you guys wouldn't like it uh this actually isn't even my favorite music movie but i wanted to like bring this to the table before i bring some of those other ones kind of like how there's another movie i wanted to bring to you guys before i brought you um deer hunter but we never got to that because of how much you guys hated deer hunter (laughs) (laughs) moose hunter (laughs) uh but anyway like it's not even my favorite but i do like it and like said uh i think i'm super forgiving about the plot inconvenience and like the fact that i've even told dry like I don't like day with sex machinas and TV shows and movies. Like even so much. So like I told you that was my main problem with uh, Lovecraft country mm-hmm. is some of the day with sex machinas that they do. And like, I kind of forget this movie with it just because like it had like, it's, it, it's basically a movie about like, even if everything else in your life is going wrong and everything else turns its back on you, you can always turn back to music kind of thing. And that was during a time in my life where I felt like, Dry knows exactly the time that I'm talking about wherever mm-hmm. I felt like people mm-hmm. were turning their back on me. And that's what I turned myself to was to music. And so, it gives me that nostalgia feeling and it gives me that feel good feeling for that reason. And I feel like I can go back to that feel good even and overlook all of the bad things just to see like that one little good thing about it. So in a weird way, like there are diamonds in the rough when it comes to this movie. And that's what I kind of look for is those diamonds compared to all the roughness that's around it. So I'm, I feel like I'm more forgiving about it for that reason, but I know it is a flawed movie. I know it's full of cheese and that it's a dumb romance movie and everything, but at the same time, I do enjoy it uh, despite those things. And so I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I just can't meet you there. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> I, I kind of walked in knowing that it was going to be kind of like this. Yeah. I didn't know Sam was going to be here, though. Like, God damn, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got to... Fucking ruthless. Just post that review somewhere with like no context. Don't even mention the movie. <laughs> See if people can figure out which movie she's talking just post about. It, like on every movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! All right.
That was August <laughs> Rush. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> very, very different from last week's music movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, I feel like with last, like that. that's like, I think that's one reason why, like I said, it was for last week's music movie. I didn't like it as much because like it didn't like portray the joy of music as much as this one does. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair, actually. Yeah. That that's, one is... a, that's what I was trying to get towards whenever I was saying that last week, which I probably did a bad job trying to describe that. No, you're fine. We'll never know. Cool. Cool. Well, it was still a good time. Yeah. I still enjoyed this time with you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh-huh. feel like Dry and Sam had a good time shitting on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Sam. Never he'll hear the end of end of this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Sam, for joining on this one. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Robbie and E, thank you. Yeah. And uh, E, if yep. people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We got a Facebook, we got an Instagram, we got a Twitter. They are the last ones in and the last ones in podcast. Look up both of those because I'm not sure which is which on each of those. <laughs> we'll figure it out one day. Yeah. yeah. We got an email. It is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your guitars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robbie, take us out. So, whether this is your first episode listening in or whether you've been with us since the beginning, thank you for listening. Do what you can to stay safe out there. Make sure to wash your hands. Make sure to wear a mask. Be safe out there. But if not, remember to stay home, stay alone, stay alive, and... uh Thanks for listening. Thanks. We'll see you guys all in the next episode. We will see you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Hopefully the world isn't on fire right now. You're in the future. You know better than us. (laughs) Talk to you guys later. Send us a message if you know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you guys later. Have a great one. Bye. 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 I'm joyless. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 